0: Hello out there, TV land, radio land, and all that good stuff out there. Welcome to Champions Are Built. This is Coach Eric Johnson, Coach EJ, the brand.
1: And this is Coach Aaron, Think pen, the Source.
0: Today, we have a special guest. I've known this, this person since they've been about 11 and a half, actually. And it's great to see him uh, really impact Um, Not only community, but this is a former major league ball player. Played eight years in the big leagues with six teams. The A's, drafted by the the A's, the Oakland A's. And played for the Rangers, the Padres, the Cards, Detroit Tigers. And lastly, one of my favorite teams, the Giants. And uh, national team member. It was 18, collegiate national team. And also a Cal product. Uh, soon to be a Cal graduate as they say getting his his education I have a lot of respect for this young man Tyson Ross what a pleasure to have him here ex-major league player impact a lot of people in his career and doing great things in the community with the Players Alliance Aaron so happy to have this guy and excited Tyson welcome
2: EJ Aaron thank you man Uh, you know as you guys know my relationship with both of you goes back know quite a long time and it's, it's good to see you guys still in the community still impacting young players and you know doing things the right way
1: yeah yeah I, I just uh, want to point out I I met Tyson guy when you were what maybe middle school
2: yeah it was probably sixth or seventh grade you had us running those hills out in Merritt.
1: <laughs> yeah and <laughs> and Tyson was you are shortstop then yeah and uh he ended up being a major league pitcher so that's uh that's great, man. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're going to drop some knowledge to some of the kids. Um, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about this subject is um, you have a dynamic that's a little bit different than the average um, major league ball player. You've got a brother that also plays in the big leagues, and, and so you've got a family dynamic that, you know, again, that's different than most. Maybe, and you also, don't you have a sister that also played volleyball at a high level? Uh,
2: yeah, she was a soccer player. If you soccer won. player, okay. Yeah. yeah. And um,
1: so my question in, in terms of, you know, champions are built and, and some of these things that build into people's success is, is maybe what role did the family play in that? You know, was there, you know, you, you hear these stories about um, Tiger Woods and the, and, the, and his dad, and he taking them out early and you know, all those sorts of things. I mean, what was your maybe, what was your upbringing in terms of sports and baseball in particular? And was there any of that type of influence
2: there? Uh, yeah, so with my family, with the three of us, I'm the oldest, uh, sister's two years younger and then Joe's six years younger than me. Uh, we just really grew up at the ballpark. You know, I grew up in, in Oakland, California. Um, played Oakland Bay Bruce down there on 66th and East 14th and you know all day every day we were down at the ballpark you know during the week we had we had team practices whether it's my team Frankie's team or Joe's team there's some sort of practice going on and usually if we didn't have our own practice we'd kind of tag along so we were around the game a lot we were out at parks a lot just playing you know in the front yard playing running around playing strikeout doing things like that and so I think just just having that ability to not only be playing the sport, you know, you've got the organized practices and games, but then also just to be around, you know, parks and, and facilities where you're just running wild and, and having fun and enjoying being a kid. And you're, you're always kicking a ball or throwing a ball, hitting something. You know, I think that's just kind of where we developed our athletic ability is just, just constantly doing something, having fun and, and just getting better at different things.
0: You know, that's really cool. Because uh, I remember those days, Aaron. I know you do down in Southern California, and we just kind of street kids. Isn't that what you call it? Aaron?
1: Yeah, I call kids. it neighborhood kids. We were neighborhood
0: kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neighborhood kids. We played, and that's how we loved the game. And it was just you're in your neighborhood, grab your guys together, let's go play a little bit, you know? And the fact you said your family dynamic, I know your dad very well. And I, I know the impact that your mom and dad had on, on all three of your guys' career, careers. Um, I remember my father had that same kind of you know, impact on my career, too. So it's, it's neat to hear that, that there are neighborhood kids and, and, and parents out there put in the time and effort with their kids. Uh, that's that's got to be pretty special for you Tyson and uh Aaron and I talk about that a lot but uh that's pretty cool man that you could spend that much time with your family
2: yeah yeah definitely I mean there was always a soccer game or baseball game to to be at, and you just you just got to have fun you got you got to make do with what you got and and stay active I think I think today kids get so caught up in, in the travel ball and the constant training that you know they kind of forget how to be kids and you know, I've been working with a kid doing some pitching lessons and I'm like, hey, what do you like to do other than, than pitch and play baseball? And he's like, you know, that, that's it. You got to you gotta be a well-rounded athlete and just enjoy being a kid. You know, climb some trees, go play touch football on the street, you know, do all sorts of things. And, and whether or not you re- realize that you're probably developing yourself as a full athlete by, you know, doing these other activities that you may not think much of as a kid.
1: So did you have Uh, aspirations to be a professional baseball player or is that kind of something that you know developed over time or you sometimes people just kind of fall into these things they say man I've got this talent hey I'm gonna run with it I mean what what's your story on that
2: uh yeah that was that was always my goal you know one of my middle school teachers talks about back when I was in kindergarten we used to have to I think it was part of the graduation process you had to stand up on stage and tell everyone what you wanted to be when you grew up and I was saying I want to be a baseball player from that early age so that was that was always my goal I never thought about pitching I just wanted to play the game and I knew that's what I really loved to do and I kind of developed into a pitcher later in my career you know as a, a high school junior I really started pitching a lot junior and senior year and then went to Cal I was supposed to be a two-way player and then decided to focus on pitching for three years and it, and it paid off so you know I always had that that goal in my heart and uh, I think a lot of young players do but it's it's, you got to have more than just that dream. You really got to have that drive and determination and, and really kind of have the focus to elevate your game year after year so you can achieve it.
1: So to follow up on that, yeah. um, because when I met you, you were set on being a shortstop. <laughs> 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 and, and, you know, I get a lot of kids who, you know, at young ages are, are, are set on a, playing a certain position. And, you know, how did you make that transition was it hard for you to say hey you know what I really want to be a shortstop but this pitching thing is kind of calling me um or did you fight that tooth and nail you said hey look I don't care where I'm playing on the field as long as I'm up there I'll, I'll play wherever they want me to play I mean what was how did you make that transition was it easy was it difficult you know give me your thoughts uh-huh. on.
2: Yeah, I was I was a realist, man. You know, I, I wanted to be a shortstop and I hit a big growth spurt in high school and I you know, I went from being I was probably like five ten as a freshman to six three later that freshman, uh that freshman spring and there was a junior senior there was a there was there was a shortstop on the team. So I was like, I gotta get in where I fit in, you know what I mean? And uh you know playing travel ball i like to play middle infield and a little bit of third base and i actually played uh travel ball with brandon Crawford, so i was like okay short stops out <laughs> yeah. i had to move over to third base and brent wallace was over there who was who yeah. went on to be all american too and so like i was like okay third base is out maybe maybe i can be tall at first base for a little bit uh <laughs> but we always needed pitching so uh you know luckily I, I was pretty good at that and good enough to get a, a college scholarship and go to cal and, and really kind of figure out how to pitch at that next level and, and that's how I got into it. And I think all that, you know, that drive and desire to be an infielder helped me out when I got to the big leagues, just because I already knew how to feel the ground ball and make athletic plays. You know, you get a lot of guys that are pitchers only. And and as soon as you get off that mound, you got to make a play. Like, all they know how to do is pitch. And you see some ugly errors out there sometimes. And, you know, so you got to be an athlete first and foremost.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. You know, Aaron, I, I saw a time. Tyson, I took, I took Tyson uh, halfway around the world to Beijing, China, playing this, this this tournament when he was a young kid. And, man, he was a heck of an athlete. You know, he was. It's amazing to see him transition. He was growing like a weed, but he was able to do anything on the field. And uh, he was our best player, obviously. Uh, but Man, it was fun just to watch this guy just develop into a player. And, hey, Tyson, I, I, one thing I want to kind of talk about a little bit, is this kind of picture only thing and you you see this a lot now and, and out there and how do you feel about that i think guys should be playing as many positions as possible and there's a time and place right there's a time and place for that and i think you know as coaches you know i go out there and look at it i know aaron and i always talk about this stuff but don't you think that you know when it's when it's ready when it's time it's time and and don't force it at an early
2: age. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think I think the more exposure you get to different aspects of baseball, the better you're going to be. You know, when you're when you're a pitcher that also hits, you understand what hitters see. You know how they react. You know what they're looking for. So you kind of have that that two way knowledge of the game. Uh, we used to do this drill even in the major leagues where they'd have us. If you're working on bun defenses, you would you would rotate from the mound to catcher to first, second, all the way around the infield. And so you kind of had the perspective of what was happening on the play, where guys are supposed to be. And now you have this 360 understanding of the play, where everyone's going to be, what they're seeing, what the responsibilities are. And if you're a pitcher only, you only have that one perspective growing up. So I think it's important to be able to move around the field. I know there's some high level tournaments where they're like, okay, you're only going to be a pitcher for us this weekend. But, you know, get out there, have fun. Everyone makes mistakes. Play somewhere you're not comfortable with and and just kind of get a full understanding of baseball. Awesome. That's good stuff right there.
1: What are...
0: I know, Aaron, go ahead. I know you have have some some good questions for
1: him. Tyson, you know, being a professional baseball player is a long road. You know, you've got, you know, obviously you're going through high school, college, and then you still got the minor leagues. How did you navigate that whole system in terms of what motivated you uh what were maybe some of the things that you had to transition from from high school to college and from college to the minors and then from minors to professionals to the bigs you know what kind of maybe mental changes did you have to make what kind of physical you know or tactical changes do you have to make you know how did you again make those transitions to each level
2: Oh uh, yeah, my journey was was not uh, you know your typical one. I, I went to B1 college close to home. I was a weekend starter as a freshman, you know, Friday starter sophomore junior year. I was only in the minor leagues for like a year and a half before I was actually one full season before I made my major league debut. But what allowed me to progress that fast was I really was was able to just focus on you know improving my game. Like one thing I really realized early on was that. If I can maxi- maximize my strengths and improve on my weaknesses, that's going to help me level up a lot faster than just saying, okay, this is what I do well. I'm going to just do that. You know, if, if I had a good slider, I found a way to maximize that slider. But if my fastball command was the thing that was going to hold me back, I said, I need to really make sure I work on that and not just, you know, say, I'm okay with the slider, I'm good with it, you know. And so that's that's the biggest thing that I found in my career was just like, you gotta, you gotta work on your weakness and maximize your strengths. And that was technically with baseball skills, that was in the weight room once I started working out seriously. And that's really what what, as I look back on my career, that's what was the separator because everyone's good. It's how good am I right now and how much better can I be tomorrow? And the day after that and the year after that and so on and so forth. And that's what keeps you in the game, that keeps you advancing. And I think that's really just the key. You know, I've played with a lot of really talented guys. Uh, as an amateur, like I said, Brett Wallace, Brennan Crawford. I played with Buster Posey when we were in high school. I played with Clayton Kershaw. Those guys were already the best, but they all also got better. They were the best at getting better every year. And so that's why they're still out there doing what they're doing at, you know, in their mid-30s. And it's it's impressive to see because, you know, a lot of people fall off, you know, if you're the best 12-year-old you got to really work to be the best 13 14 15 year old and when you get to college and pro ball that's when you actually play with players that are older than you and it's it's not just hey i'm the biggest and baddest right now it's like you get to you get to college you're going to be 18 playing against 21 year old grown men, and you got to really elevate your game to hang with them yeah
0: who are some of the you figured that out at a young age tyson that you know you had to maximize these things and who are some of the people that influenced you outside your parents, obviously? Who are some of the players or guys or coaches that influenced you to, to have this mindset? You know, this is the champion's mindset that you're really talking about. So can you can you express that a little bit?
2: Uh, Yeah, going back to high school, uh, Lou Ritchie was a basketball coach at Bishop O'Dowd. And I only played basketball one year, but he always saw me around, around campus. And he was like, hey, man, you got to get in the work- weight room. You got to work. You got to work. You got to work. Everyone's working. And, yeah, I wasn't a big weight room guy until I got to college and I was forced in there. But I, I heard what he was saying. And I understood the message about putting in work. And so every day I was out there, you know, on the baseball field doing my long toss, getting, getting some swings in the cage, waiting for my dad to get home from work so we could go hit in the garage, doing different things like that. So I understood that it took it took a lot of work. You know, he played he played Division one basketball, uh, came back and was coaching at a high level. And then as, as my journey kind of progressed, uh, you know, I got to Cal as a freshman. Brandon Morrow was the senior. I think he was drafted like third overall that year by the Mariners. And I just got to watch him work every day. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from him. And, you know, as you go through it, you just find those older players that are really talented and you just you just watch and learn and listen. And, uh, you know, if they have something to say to you directly, you, you absorb it, but if not, you can learn a lot from watching. And uh, I mean, even going back to my youth, there were always guys ahead of me that I looked up to. Uh, Steve Singleton was a guy that I played with at O'Dowd, but he's a couple years older than me. So going back to to Oakland, Bay, Ruth, you know, I played with him, looked up to him, and the guy ahead of him was Johnny Ash, who who ended up playing at Stanford and also an O'Dowd guy. So it was like I had this this lineage to follow of people from Oakland, Bay, Ruth that then went to Bishop O'Dowd and excelled at that high school level, and then went on to play Division One baseball, and that was kind of that was kind of the follow the leader game that I was playing. I was following those guys. And then Joe saw me doing what I was doing and he followed me. So it's kind of like, you got to have those people that you're close with that you can look up to learn from. And that's how I knew playing division one was a, was a possibility for me just because I knew, I knew Johnny did it. I knew Steve did it. I knew I had the ability and, and I just had to put in the work so I could I can make that a reality.
1: I like that. I like the, the term you use lineage, you know, and, and how you, you were able to get yourself around people. Maybe it's just by having I know you guys are all from the same, uh, all from Oakland, went to all high school, same high school and everything. But um, I think that's important. I, I think if kids can get themselves around uh, that lineage and, and they see that mindset and the success of those people in front of them being repeated over and over again, I think it's a lot easier to buy into a lot of the things that you're talking about. You know, doing the hard work and the discipline, and, and all those things that contributed to your success. So I, I like that word. I like that uh, lineage.
0: That's amazing. I and I know I know Steve and I know Johnny. and They're extremely hard workers. And yeah. He's still in the game, and uh, it's 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 fun to, to to see that that Oakland vibe. You know, uh, uh, and that there's a lot of good baseball players, a lot of good people in Oakland. They do a great job, so that's that's awesome. Good to see that. Hey, tell me a little bit about you know maybe your mental approach as a athlete. Where did that really change? Where did it where did it start? Where did it change? You know, Aaron and I talked about the mental approach with young people, young athletes ourselves when we were playing at ath athletics. Uh, tell me a little bit about kind of like your mental approach. Where, where did that start, man? Where where did you get your beginnings? Where where's your base from? Your foundation?
2: Uh, yeah, it's actually funny. Um, Alan Yeager, way back when, probably 2002, 2003, used to come up from SoCal and, and help us. We, you know, I played travel ball for NorCal, and he used to come out in the fall, and we'd do breath work. We'd do banded stuff, and I remember laying there in the outfield grass, and, like, I was probably falling asleep, and I was like, I don't know what we're doing down here, but that was my first, my first experience with the mental side of baseball and, the, and just, you know, understanding your breath and things like that. And then fast forward all the way till I get to pro ball and I, I realized like, okay, that stuff's actually pretty important. And I think the biggest the biggest thing for me was always about having a routine that allowed me to have confidence in what I was gonna do on the field. So I was big on preparation. You know, I was, I was a starter for the most part of my career. And I knew if I put in the work the four days leading up to the game, all I had to do game day is go out there, execute the plan and have fun. And so I was a really hard worker. You know, I, I put in the time in the weight room doing the arm care you know, scouting reports, all that kind of stuff, so that when it came time to game time, it wasn't, there was nothing to be nervous about. It was just go play this game that you've been preparing for for the last four days. So that's that's how I treated things. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it worked well in my career. I think just, just having the ability to know that I've done everything to prepare for this moment, to go out here and play, the results are going to be what the results are, but I never wanted to step out on the mountain and think like, man, I'm not, I'm not ready for this physically or mentally because... I just didn't put in the work yet.
1: Well, just to mention, we actually are having Alan Jager and Rob Bruno, two of the people you okay, cool. <laughs> uh on this series. So uh, yeah, you're you're in good company. You uh, mentioned awesome. the name that i have I I, I got to get to Johnny Ash because Johnny was mm-hmm. something special too. Um, Johnny was something special too. But I want to fast forward. Okay, we've talked about your career. And now you're you're on the other side of that. And as you mentioned, you're working with the young man, doing some pitching instruction. And what do you see is the difference between kids now and maybe when you were growing up? Because I'll, I'll tell you something. There was an era with all you guys who, you know, me and EJ have worked with, Brandon Crawford, Brett Wallace, yourself, your brother. That was... I'm almost looking at that, looking back at that, as that was kind of a special era. You guys had a certain way about you guys that I'm not seeing nowadays. <laughs> and maybe I'm just, you know, the old guy who's saying, oh, you know, things where they used to be. Uh, I don't know, but you're you're now on the other side and and you're starting to, you know, work with these young athletes today. And what are, are you seeing? Are there commonalities? Are there not? Are there different ways that maybe you have to approach in in working with them that wasn't done with you? I mean, give me your feedback on that.
2: You know, I think it's really interesting. I've only worked with a few guys, but I think now there's just so much information out there. You know, like like you get on Instagram and you get 15 different pitching tips immediately and you never really Go to work on it yourself and figure out what works for you. So like when I was growing up, like I just had to figure out what was going to work for me. Like what did I need to do to throw the ball harder? How did I need to load up or turn or coil or whatever it may be to have a better result? And I think kids now want like, I think kids now really want like those instantaneous results. Everything's being measured. Everyone's being ranked and you want to be better right now or yesterday but you're not willing to try something new to see what's going to maximize individual potential and you know getting to the highest level i've realized everyone has a different path everyone has a different thing that they're really good at that allows them to be really good and you just have to find that within yourself and develop that skill and work on your weakness but i think it's really just you know when when you look online it's like hey driveline says you got to throw these weighted balls and that's going to make you throw 95 like all of a sudden it puts everyone in this in this funnel track and yeah the guys that it works for it works for and the other guys just get left behind without finding out like hey man maybe that's not for me like let me right. let me build in some self-awareness and and see what works works for me as an athlete and that's what you really got to develop and I think working with the kid that I've been working with recently it's like I haven't really been working with mechanics or anything like that I'm just like hey man I'm going to give you a couple of different athletic drills to do while you're throwing a baseball and tell me what feels good and what doesn't. And let's that's, that's just kind of figure out what works for you, what builds your awareness on, on what's creating your misses and, and what happens good when you're, when you're executing pitches. And, you know, he's really receptive to that. He's, he's a quick learner. It's really impressive to see. And I think it's probably something that no one's ever worked on with him and he's like he's been taken to it so so i'm happy to keep working with him as long as he's he's finding value in it and he's he's like part of the process and that's what i want to do is just allow him to be his own best coach because ultimately i tell him like hey man we meet up every other week or whatever but when you're on the mound it's just you you got to know how to get get yourself back on track you got to know how to believe in yourself and most of the time you probably just got to stop thinking and just tap into your athleticism and let it work and that's that's something that I don't think kids really know how to do yet because they're so technical, you know, worrying about launch angles or spin race and all this stuff. And I'm like, hey man, like like if you move better, your spin's gonna be better. Like it just it's just simple. If you just just be an athlete and find the way to move as best as possible and then the numbers and the results will happen. But I think kids get get overloaded with info to try and create things, you know, get to the end of the finish line before they go through the race.
1: Boy, we've had that conversation so many times. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, you're going to do our next commercial. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) We we talk about that all the time. And, and, you know, you talk about self-awareness and just being an athlete and, and kind of finding your own art and rhythm to what you're doing. That's exactly how we feel. And, you know, we talk about, the, the internet actually interrupts a lot of that for us as coaches. So uh, you're seeing the same things I guess we are.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, man. He said those key things again, Aaron. You know, yeah.
1: you've
0: know, you missed self-awareness, but part of the process, be your own best coach, be an athlete. Man, that is just like, you know, we just repeat these things. That's so cool to see that that, that come apart. I think, you know, especially coming from you, Tyson, you know, who's been, in the big leagues, who's had success, who's been through the whole process. Uh, that's pretty cool to hear him. I think that's, that's pretty special. We, we love hearing that and you definitely can do our next commercial.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he looks a lot better too. No gray
2: hair. <laughs> uh, I got, I got some, man. It's, it's a good camera angle right now, I think. <laughs>
0: I Love it, man. Love it. Uh, that's a pleasure. That's good stuff. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about, I and, and I'm going to plug you on this one, man, Loyal to the Soil, man. I think what you're doing is awesome. And I want to be part of it. I've just been on, on the road all the time. But can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now with loyal to the Soil? Because I think it's a great, a great thing.
2: Uh, yeah. So So I created this program in the 2020 season. After opting out, I was sitting at home, had a lot of thinking to do and a lot of time on my hands. And You know, I I realized like one of the biggest reasons I was able to achieve the things that I did in the game of baseball was because of where I came from and that lineage that I spoke about earlier, you know, having a community that that really, uh, you know, helped me develop as a player and a person and and having guys like Steve Singleton and Johnny Ash to follow in their footsteps. And I know, you know, baseball in Oakland's really kind of dying off and the numbers are down. and, And so I wanted to find a way to create a program that helps helps bring the game back to the inner city and so that's what the loyal to my soil program is all about uh, you know we, we put on free camps for, for inner city youth and, and just try and bring out a bunch of current former pros from the area to give that instruction so you're able to go to a free baseball camp you're able to learn from people like myself Joe uh, you know, we're going to have Marcus Semin out there in the future. Uh, you know, Vita Blue came out, Shooty Babbitt, Thierry Roberts. We got all these guys, long, long list of achievements as individuals. But the, the, main, the main thing that's important is that we're all from the Bay and we all have a lot to learn or to, to share and, and help you learn as players. So putting on free camps and just trying to get guys in, interested in baseball and learn from people and, and inspire them to realize, Hey. I'm not going to be the first one from this community that's going to make something in, in the game of baseball and the people that actually have are, really care a lot to come back and teach us, you know, what they know from those high levels of baseball. Well,
0: that's, that's great. It's great what you're doing. And uh, I respect you so much for doing that because that gets lost in, in, in translation a lot of stuff and you uh, seeing that uh, forthright and, and doing a great job of that. So continued success and like I said, uh, you're doing a great job over there and, and helping a lot of kids who need, who need an opportunity to get out there and get some good, good coaching, but some good mentoring. And I think that's important that you're mentoring these young people and, and, and showing them there's are, there are many ways to be successful in life. Pretty cool.
2: Thank
1: you. Uh, great deal. Hey, it was a pleasure having you on today, man. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen you, <laughs> but you look great, man. I've always watched you on TV and and followed you, so I'm, I'm glad to see that you're you're still doing your thing and you're helping the kids, and it's that's great to see. It really is because the uh, the Bay Area, Oakland particularly, needs that.
0: Yeah. So Tyson, thanks again for being here. Thanks for being on another edition of Champions Are Built, and uh, continued success to
1: you, Aaron. Like I said, this is Coach EJ, the brand. And this is Coach Aaron, the source. We'll see ya.